We're on the NAS podcast with a very special guest. I've known you for a couple months now. You know, you're uh, you're in a band yes. called Race to the Light, mm-hmm. and you also have a solo project. Is that is it still? If you're in a band, I feel like, from my understanding, mm-hmm. if you're in a band and you also have a solo career, you call it a solo project versus a solo. I don't mm. know. I'm just getting very. Uh... I guess. I guess <laughs> if you want to talk semantics, I guess you could say like a solo project. As Divine Augustine. Yeah, like I'm in a band, but I'm also, you know, I have my solo projects. I'm a, yeah. I'm a solo artist too. What comes first, the band or the solo project? Ooh, wee, that's hard. I think I'm trying to make everything come full circle right now. Mm. Um, the things, the music that I'm recording with my band and mine, are very different. Mm-hmm. We together are very soulful funky rock and roll um my music is more r&b centric neo soul mm-hmm. housey i don't know i want to conquer all genres so yeah being with my band allows me to tap into uh, my voice differently um i don't know it's really been shaping my musical mind lately mm-hmm. and working with the musicians that are in my band um kelvin leonia Evan That's a Pete. cool name, Leonia. Leonia, Queen Leonia. Yes, she's like our leading lady. Like she has just this big churchy voice. Kelvin's keys are very just funky and soulful. And then my guitarist and drummer have um they've been in a band together before. They have a heavy metal background. Mm. So there are those elements there and I don't know, it just brings out something different in you, especially when you're performing it. So I have been performing my band's music a lot more than my own. Right. But so like when you go on like to do shows, it's with the band mostly. Right. Okay. Mostly. And there are a couple of gigs that I had um last summer that were that were mine mm-hmm. where I was performing my older music. But that's my focus this year, getting like my new music out and ready to start performing some new stuff, you know? Hell yeah. Wait, how long have you been making music then? I would say shoot, maybe since I feel like when I was in the a senior in high school is when I started. Ooh. And I started rapping. That's what I was doing yeah. first. I was really inspired by Lil Wayne. Mm. Um, like, I don't know if you know the Lil Wayne song, Six Foot Seven. Of course. So the first track I ever recorded was like a freestyle to that um, beat. Oh, I have a story for you. Really okay. quick. But did you know that the Six Foot Seven song like the beat is from the adams family i think it's from the adams family no I or didn't. is it beetlejuice it might be beetlejuice it's like an old Six like foot seven, dun, 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 yeah it's like the banana song or whatever yeah 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 and dun, I didn't... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, yeah is yeah, that yeah. from the adams family it's either adams or beetlejuice i get them mixed up oh okay because they're kind of similar like this have you seen beetlejuice? i haven't seen beetlejuice oh Mm-mm. what i'm so surprised when people haven't seen that movie it's like one of the most classic I'm, family movies of all time. I'm that person who hasn't seen so many movies. I never know certain references that people mm. are. I just, I don't know. I'm a reference guy. You're a reference guy? Yeah. Well, don't give me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so where, where'd you grow up? Um, Clarksville, Tennessee. Oh, okay. Pretty much Nashville. I tell everybody Nashville because it's like 45 minutes away. That's why you have the Tennessee phone number. Yes. Okay. Yes. 931. There we um, go. So yeah, I grew up there. I was um, a military kid, so mm. my both of my parents were in the military. I was born in Virginia. My parents got a divorce. My mom went to Germany, mm. and my dad went to Hawaii. And so I went with my mom to Germany Ooh. and was there until I was like five years old. Um, and of course, I was going back and forth from Hawaii to Germany. Um, but yeah, and I moved to Tennessee, my mom's hometown, um, when I was 
when I was about five or six. So, so you, you basically grew up like your entire life in Tennessee? Yeah, in Tennessee, pretty much. Like, all school and all. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Did you go to college or are you in college? I did go to school. Um, I went to St. Martin's. No I'm a idea. psychology major. Oh, shit. Oh. Oh, I, I got gooseies over mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I studied psychology. Haven't really used my degree, but I guess I'm always using it because right. I love psychology. Do I you, love... like, analyze people? Naturally. Oh. Just very naturally um, observant. Okay. Um, very intuitive. Very, very nice. um empathetic mm-hmm. you know very much empath energy do you think people are born as an empath or do you like learn those skills mm-hmm. i think that certain people are like sensitive to maybe be more sensitive to other energies around them like that just yeah. natural sensitivity but i do think that it's something um learned too mm-hmm. over time socially just depending on the type of energy you're around growing up or like for me I was very sensitive when I was younger. Um, anytime, anytime my mom was going through something, I felt like I was going to it. I mm-hmm. had a very, um, I was very close to her, and it taught me a lot about um, my emotions. Right. Um, so I don't know. Everybody's different in that way, but maybe. Hmm. And why'd you move to the Seattle area? Um, well, my dad. Um, retired up here. This is where he ended up at. And my grandparents also mm. live here. When I got finished with high school, I wanted a change because I just didn't feel like, I, I couldn't see myself living in the South mm. um, in for too much longer. I wanted to be on this side. Um, I wanted something different. And I, I moved here, but it was probably the loneliest time of my life Aww. because the school I went to was like a Catholic school. Uh, predominantly white, very... Um, St. Martin's? Yeah. Oh, so that's a Washington school? Yeah, it's in Olympia. Oh, okay. Yeah, and there are monks walking around on campus. <laughs> There's a, a graveyard for the monks. Like, Oh. Yeah. It's, it's Hopefully no young monks, though, right? No young monks. Okay. Old monks. <laughs> in Dead Olympia. monks. Dead monks <laughs> in the graveyard. In the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Oh. What the... So... <laughs> Wait, why are there monks there? It's like it's like a monk chapter. I don't even know how that works. Well, it's a Catholic school, so there's a monastery. There's a monastery, okay. and there's a church on the campus and everything okay. like that. Wasn't the best fit for me, but I think like the time, the the loneliness and the isolation that I felt going there definitely shaped me into who I am today. Because yeah. I don't need to be around anybody. I can have my own solitude and my own peace. You know. Are you even religious? Not so much. A, very spiritual. Yeah. I mean, I grew up Christian Baptist. Because um, you're from the South. Right? That's yeah. a given, huh? Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking Holy Ghost, huh. like running around the church, speaking in tongues. <laughs> like all that type of thing. A lot of people are not familiar with that. I am not. That sounds crazy. Yes. If you went to a... So you know what you said. Those weren't just like random... No, that's... I don't know what I said, but that's like... There's a common tongue that oh. people who are speaking in tongues, what they sound like. And one of them is like... Yes, it's crazy. So it's like the, it's the Holy Ghost speaking when you're doing yes, that? Yes, yes. They have the Holy Ghost and that's the the language that it comes through now. Oh. I've never spoken in tongues before, so I'm just well, you telling just, you. You just did right there, I think. Just hey, a little bit. Okay. It's a learned behavior. <laughs> so... You thought you were going to have a good time when you moved to St. Martin's? Or, like, what were the what was the mindset if, to go to a school like that? I don't know. I didn't necessarily know what was... Uh-huh. I, I didn't have the biggest desire to 
apply to go to college when I finished high school. Right. And I think that had to do with the fact that I moved to Virginia my senior year. Mm. And so moving to another school your senior year, yeah. you know, it's like I just didn't I didn't know where my place was. I didn't know if I should stay there, if I should move back to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd been to Washington several times when I was younger. Because of family. My, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, let me just do something different. I need some different vibes, different energy. And yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And but now you feel like you've found like a, a groove here? Definitely. Like all of my best friends are here. Over time, I kind of like sniffed out the music community. So mm-hmm. I was living in Olympia and I was always coming up uh, to Seattle to see shows. And this is where I started just meeting more people. Mm-hmm. And so ba- um, looking back then, to now, like the amount of people that I know is just crazy. Right. It's crazy. But I think I was supposed to be here, end up here. I think it was, um, and I think I was supposed to stay here. There were so many times I thought about actually moving. I actually moved to um, Atlanta oh. uh, for about seven months. Wow. Um, and came back, brought my ass right back. Why was that? Why'd you come back? I, I love Atlanta. It's a great city. It's very beautiful. A lot of um, black people down there, right? Yes, there's a lot to do. But I felt like when I left, I left behind um, things that I was just starting, like a lot of great relationships, a lot Mm. of great musical connections. And it's not always as easy to find those when you move to a new city. Um, And maybe I just wasn't willing to um, start over in that way. It Mm -hmm. wasn't really the right time, but I'm glad that I went because it showed me um, how much there is to appreciate about the Pacific Northwest or about the music scene here. Um, And so, yeah, definitely got me out of my comfort zone. But, um, yeah, I came back. What was your, like, first experience with the Seattle music scene? Mm. I think um, Casey Carter, she used to, yeah, she used to be, like, a blogger. or I guess she still is a blogger. She used to put on a lot of these events called The Blow Up. Mm -hmm. And so I started meeting artists that way. Um, and eventually she, um, when I start putting out my own music, she um, invited me to perform at some of those. So I did a couple of those. Oh, and wow. then it was on from there. Um, Gifted Gab, um, who's a friend of mine, she she put me on my first, um, sh- my first show actually was on her first tour. Oh, um, it was like the Gab the Most High tour. Um, and so that was my first um, performance. My first show that I ever did was with with that with that crew they're like i don't know looking back on that i don't know a very rich a very rich time for me yeah mm-hmm. rich as in money or rich as in like no <laughs> rich as in just like the experience of it and just kind of like feeling accepted by the artist community here and yeah. then come on gift the gab that's a heavy hitter you <laughs> yeah, know yeah, yeah. um and I was a fan of hers. I'm I'm a fan of hers. She's a big fan of hers. And so um, we formed a friendship. And I feel like that opportunity just kind of kicked it off where I started becoming more confident. Yeah. After I performed, I was like, damn, I could I do this shit. Yeah. You know? I'm yeah. Like, I'm really doing this shit. So how long have you been part of the Seattle music scene now, would you say? Then? Mm, I would say, so I moved here in um, 2012. Oh, shit. I didn't know Yeah. That. <laughs> so maybe like... Shit, maybe like five, six years or oh something my like God. that. Maybe that's when I started, like you know, doing doing stuff. Wow. Um, I I um, yeah, that's what I was saying. Do you think uh, the pandemic has affected newer artists who want to join the Seattle music scene? Oh, definitely. I think that 
Um, are my lips chapped? I don't know. They feel like a really. Yeah. Anyway. Wait, are you a chapstick guy? No. Me neither. I don't. They just like... naturally exude um honey. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But, um. I feel like I lip my lick my lips, but oh. yeah. No, I don't put on. I, I I do a little gloss every now and then. Right. I'm joking. <laughs> But um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I do think that for like newer artists who throughout the pandemic probably have been creating a lot, yeah. um, probably are itching to perform or have been itching to perform. So I think like navigating the scene for them um, is probably harder or mm-hmm. it might be easy. I don't know. I think that for any artist, and this is just something I've been thinking about lately, like, mm-hmm. I think it's important, no matter where you're at, whatever city you're in, not to get bound to the idea of being a Seattle artist, an Atlanta artist. Um, Strive to be universal. Take it there. Take it as far as you can. Of course, you have to start somewhere, but I think it's easy to get locked into the place that you live and then you're all of your... You just want to be known where you're at, you know? It's an echo chamber, honestly. mm, mm -hmm. Ooh, I like that. Echo chamber, yeah. Yeah. Echo chamber of complacence. Yeah. Um, sometimes. And then also like of disappointment too, because oh. sometimes you're expecting for your city to fuck with you and they just might not. It might not be your niche. Yeah. Might not be your um population. Might not be your tribe. That's what I've been thinking about, you know? Uh-huh. Like, Expanding I, things? Yeah, like I've uh I've been producing so many podcasts lately mm-hmm. that even other types of podcasts because i have like the podcasts i produce are like all different types mm-hmm. but I, I i feel like i start to see things that i say that other podcasters say or other artists say mm-hmm. and it seems like we're all just saying the same thing mm-hmm. and it kind of like weirds me out like it's like deja vu mm-hmm. me me thinking like it's still my like it's still everyone has their own ideas but right. me thinking of an idea and saying it out loud and then hearing someone else say the exact same idea mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm kind of like huh it's kind of I, I don't like cycles and I feel like if you stay somewhere too long you get stuck in like a cycle and then yes. everyone has the same opinions or feelings so yeah I don't know it's February and January I felt like it was I was trying to use it at least mm-hmm. to figure out how my 22 20 yeah 20 th- wait 20, <laughs> 2022 2022 was going to be shaped right mm-hmm. I feel like I did a good job but now it's February first today, mm-hmm. and I feel, and I feel, uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm floating a little bit. Okay. You know? Do you ever feel like you're just floating, and then like you're waiting for something to happen? Definitely. That's definitely. where I'm at right now. I've did a lot of planning for Jan- for in January, but now I'm a little bit in like a float state, and I just I feel like I'm waiting for like some bird or something to say something. Or like a leaf to fall on my head and there be a note on the leaf. I don't know what I'm waiting for, but I'm waiting for something. You will soon find the answer. Um, you oh. will soon, yes, your path is <laughs> being laid out in front of you. And yeah. you're 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 playing a major role in creating that path for yourself and laying out yeah. those blocks. So sometimes you're probably looking for that other thing to rain down on you, that, that new idea or that new situation, whatever yeah. it might be. Um, and it's coming. I think that this so. this month will probably bring bring that to you. January trial trial month of yeah. the year. 
this is where it starts. It's Black History Month. Yes, it's Black be. History Month. It's Aquarius season. <laughs> Shout out to all the Aquarii. Are you Aquarius? I'm an Aquarius. I am an Aquarius. I'm the king Aquarius. Oh, okay. My birthday is February 15th. Ooh. Cash app, divine timing, 333. Aquarius season. Hell yeah. How old are you turning? Take a guess. Oh, shit. That's... Okay. Um, fuck. So you came here in 2012 for college. So that means you were... 18 most likely okay oh my god are you like like you're like 27 28 28 this year oh my god i called it wow how does that feel Mm, i don't know i don't necessarily feel 28 i don't know you look young black don't crack black don't crack it's never gonna crack yeah Yeah. i don't know how i'll feel when i'm 38 i don't know if i I probably might feel the same my spirit just feels very i don't know like i feel very connected to all of my memories and my past, mm. I don't, it, the way time flies for me, yeah. or the way I think about time, I can just remember a lot of things when I was three years old. Oh. Like I can remember so many things, so I never feel like, maybe I don't feel like I'm aging. I don't First know. memory right now. Damn, why would you do that? <laughs> First memory? I remember always, oh, okay, shit, this, this is probably even before three. Okay. I remember like, when my dad um would be trying to give me a haircut when I was I was probably like two. Mm. I remember just running away. I remember that. I remember being very afraid. And I have this other memory of my my older brother, um, my half brother staying with us and him putting some deodorant on me. Huh. And I was like a baby I was like a little toddler. Damn. Yeah. So I can remember pretty far back. Yeah, fucking Razors or those fucking, what are they called? Like the electric razors to cut hair with? Those are scary as fuck. I know. <laughs> so imagine being like a little baby and like seeing that. And yeah. And having to sit still for that. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think the first two memories I think of was I, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had like the Spider-Man toy that I took on a trip to Mexico and mm-hmm. I lost it. So I remember that. Were you sad? Yeah. It was like a limited, he had like, it was I still can like imagine the the it was like a limited edition one. Oh wow! Yeah, he had like a fucking like backpack on. It was like Spider Man in like a in like street clothes, but he had his mask on and a backpack. Oh yeah, it looked pretty dope. Poor little Nan. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I feel like my memories. It's a weird thing where like I have memories, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't remember all my memories because mm-hmm. I do so much and talk to so many people without throughout the day. Mm-hmm. But then. I'm I very I zoom in on like conversations. Okay. So like if I'm talking to someone and they're like did I tell you this yet? Mm-hmm. Or they tell me something they've already told me, like I remember that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you already told me that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, I hold on to conversations, but I don't know if I hold on to memories as gotcha. well. Gotcha. Maybe the moments. That yeah. You, yeah, you hold on to to moments, things that are that you're saying, things that you're talking about. Yeah. Information that's being shared with you, information that you're sharing with somebody else. Yeah, like what do you hold on to? Are you you're a memory guy? You say like yeah, I remember everything. Huh. Um, I definitely do. Um, it can get really deep with me when it comes to conversations. So yeah. I'm a very conversational person, and 
there's a lot that's exchanged when somebody's talking to me. Yeah. As you're probably finding out now, it's like a barter of information and Mm -hmm. it can get really deep. We can go into spiritual things. We can go into, um, (laughs) we can keep it surface level. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I see that. So tell me about this band. Okay. Race to the Light. Race to the Light, Race to the Light, Race to the Light. Um, so just, it's my heart, really. I love my band. Um, I feel like we probably joined in like, joined together in like 2019, like right before the pandemic started. Um, and Kelvin and I, Kelvin, um, is the, um, pianist and he's also a producer. Um, we write a lot of the songs together Mm -hmm. and we had just been writing these songs and, um, you know, talking about one day having a band. Called Race to the Light, literally speaking, get into existence, right? Why the Why the title? Um, there is a beat that he produced, very fast, high energy beat called Race to the Light. Huh. It was called Race to the Light, and I I love it. Um. And, yeah, I think maybe that's why we named it that. And also, I when I think about the meaning of Race to the Light, light is simply the other side of darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's what we're trying to get to. We're all trying to get to the light, yeah. and so. Yeah, I feel like we all came together around 2019, um, started practicing pretty heavy. Um, At first, it was just me and Kelvin, and then Leonia came about. Mm -hmm. Um, Love her to death. Such a great singer, um, a great songwriter as well. And um, then Pete and Evan joined us, and um, the drummer and the guitarist. And it just works. It just we just mesh so well. And I feel like when you find that type of musical chemistry, you have to grasp it and um, hold on to it. And so, like I said, Kevin was a producer. So a lot of the tracks that we're working on now and recording, they started as, you know, beats mm. or, um, you know, from a more digital standpoint. And so, I don't know. It's just been a lot of fun um, making music with these guys and performing, especially. Our first performance we did... Um, um, there's this place in Tacoma called Shed Studios. Okay. And um, it's like a, a um, not necessarily a venue, but um, a space where you can perform, do photo shoots and things like that. And so, and it was also a live stream space as well. So that was our first live show, um, you know, after the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then from then, um, from there, I feel like, oh, we were real busy towards the end of last year. We did... Um, we did this event called Worldwide Bounce at Cafe Racer. Super fun. Nice. Um, did Barboza. Um, where else? Spanish Ballroom in Tacoma. Have you been there before? I have, have you been not. to McMenamin's? Uh-uh. I've Ooh. heard of those places. Yes, come hang out. Let's go to yeah. McMenamin's. It's so it's so cool there. How did you how do you think you guys went about like promoting yourselves to get these cool opportunities? Well, you know, social media is just definitely important, plays an important part of that. I think just like branding, marketing ourselves. Mm. Um and then I feel like after one show, it just always leads to more. Really? Somebody sees you. Somebody sees you. Somebody hears about you. Maybe somebody recommends you and it's like, you know. Huh. And then you get that email. And it's like, yes, we'll take it. We'll do Shit. it. You know? So definitely want the stages to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, On Saturday, this past Saturday, Ooh. we opened for Shayna Shepard. Hey. Oh my gosh. That was such a great night. Shayna Shepard, first off, is she's insane. She yeah. is just crazy talented. I that's the 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 best show I've been to in a long time. Um, but that was fun opening up for her at Alma in Tacoma. Nice. Um, 
Yeah. So for people who don't know, Shayna is a Seattle-based singer. Yeah. She's actually signed to Freak Out Records. I'm pretty sure. I think she's signed to it. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure she is. And if she, I I know of her through Guy Keltner, who I had on the podcast, and his record label Freak Out. And one way or another, she's associated with them. So Mm. that's the story. Yes. Oh my gosh, she can sing her ass off. Um. But yeah, that was a great experience. I don't know. We're just always bringing that high energy to the space. Um, I feel like we are just very colorful, very electric, and I love how we bend genres. Um, are you guys all from Seattle, or like, um, let's did you all see. come into Seattle at different times? I think all of them are. Okay. Um, at least from Tacoma. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're all from Tacoma. And are you the are you the front man for the band or not necessarily? I mean, it's really me and Leonia. We're up front. Um, we're the ones, you know, who have the mics in our hands and dancing. But Kelvin, um, the pianist, also sings. Um, and he was the main guy. On, he was the main guy on the, your latest track, right? Burn one. On yeah, he's at the first verse of Burn One. Okay, okay. I'm at the hook. Yeah, yeah. I wanna burn one, baby. Let's burn up the function. I think my dragon done got out the dungeon. I fill my glass up and lost Sing my it. identity. You're liking amphetamine, so good, but you're killing me. Damn. Yeah, that's the hook. So how do you how do you go about making songs like that? Is it a spiritual mm. thing as well for you? Mm. Or? In a way, um. How did that one start? Um, definitely started with the with the lyrics first. All of the instruments were not there. That started out as a track that was, you know, just a beat to mm-hmm. begin with and that we laid some ideas down for. Um, and then it just built itself along the way. Um, I don't know. I love that song, Burn One. Yeah. Available for streaming on all platforms. Um, it's killer. I'm glad that we got that one out because it took a little minute is to it find about, our process. Is it about marijuana or am I dead? It's about a Wrong. toxic relationship that makes you want to turn to maybe your vices. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's fucking catchy. I listened to it like five times on the car right here. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. You just when did you, you just release it? Like yeah, we released that um, the first week of January, January seventh. Damn. So yeah, way Hell to yeah. kick off a new year. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Well, man, uh, what's what's next for you? We got mm-hmm. a little short on time. You gotta definitely come back on. Oh, the, for sure, I would love to. I always uh, I like our conversations all the time we talk. Yeah, know? me too. So, um, what's next? Um, you can expect a lot of my new music to come mm-hmm. out. I'm working with. Some really dope people. Um, I have a single coming out probably, I think I'm going to drop that thing in March. It's called mm. Off the Drugs, and it features Dave B. Hell yeah. Produced by Josiah Wu. Um, I'm working on a lot of dope records with this producer from Seattle, Antoine Vinson. Phenomenal. Like, one of my favorite producers. I'm working a lot with a guy named Josiah French. Love him. Um, and... You know, mostly my band, we're working on our first album. So <sighs> after I leave here, I'm going to a studio session um, to work on some things with them. And yeah, just ready to hit the stage, ready to ready for the stages to get bigger, yeah. ready to get my sonics out into the universe and really um, transform into my ultimate form. I'm excited for you, man. What is some uh, advice that you have for up-and-coming artists, mm. creators, mm-hmm. influencers? Mm. Um might be a little cliche but it's just definitely important to remember just stay true to your authentic self and your your artistry it's easy to get caught up in 
the digital realm and the internet and then kind of like feel like you need to work based off of this projection this projection that you've created online um find your artistry in its purest form remember why you started remember why what made you love what you do like i said earlier don't get bound to one scene um um strive to be universal strive to take it to where you could take it see your see the know that the sky is the limit and um even if what you're doing is not resonating with the people directly around you, or even if you're not feeling like you're getting support from the people who should be supporting you, support your damn self. <laughs> Keep on being your biggest fan. Yeah. You only need to believe in yourself. Um, a lot of times we get um, you know, distracted and um, kind of like down on ourselves when we're not getting the support that we think we deserve, but just keep going and create for you, create for you, hold on to those things that um, that you make for yourself before you share them um, with the world and do it on your time. What is the easiest way for people to reach you? Um, you can find me on Instagram. Um, I think my handle right now is Omnimomento, O-M-N-I-M-O-M-E-N-T-O. Um, you can also follow my band at Race to the Light. Yes, follow my band. Um, you're catching us at our origin. You're catching me at my origin, at my beginning. Um, yeah, what else? Oh, let me throw that cash app in there one more time, baby, because <laughs> look, my birthday's February 15th. Divine Timing 333. Send me some money. Wait, is your real name Divine? Do you want to know my real name? You want to tell the audience? I guess I could. My real name is Devon Augustine. Oh, so Devon Ramon close. Augustine. But... Divine, divine, tomato, tomato. Yeah. Divinity. Yeah. Divine, aphrodisiacal, a man of many names. There we go. Yeah. That's actually pretty <laughs> clever. I like that. <laughs> well, this, <laughs> this has been the NAS podcast with Divine. And we did it.